Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show as we start the 4 o'clock hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. It is a best of this week as Steve enjoys the week off of vacation. So now we're going to return to March Madness and all the great interviews we had during that time. But before we do that, of course, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, RV, both for this time of the year. All to protect what matters most. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Or go to purdyinsurance.com. And Steve is always in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Our first one for this March Madness-themed hour, Adam Zucker from CBS joined Steve earlier in March as we got things going with March Madness. After not having it last year, of course, due to the pandemic, Steve got into that and more with Adam Zucker. Hey, all you got to tell me is Pennsylvania, especially the northeastern central quarter of the state, and I'm in. I I, I had six good years in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, met my wife yeah. there, and uh, I love going back and seeing my friends and playing some disc golf. So, hey, Pennsylvania, okay. straight to the top of the list. Absolutely. In fact, uh, my first two years, I was at Penn State Wilkesbury out at Lehman. So no, oh. no, no, the old Back Mountain. Know it well. Know it's it well. beautiful up there. All right. Now, for somebody like me, obviously in in broadcasting Penn State games, I've seen a lot of these teams play in person because most of the most of the field, a lot of fields, Big Ten teams, as a matter of fact. But I also saw Virginia Tech v, VCU as well. What kind of learning curve is there for you? Uh, to get ready for this, because a lot of CBS Sportsnet stuff is Mountain West and things like that. So what kind of curve do you have to get used to now? Uh, biggest thing for me is to brush up on teams I just flat out didn't see, whether I'm at work or at home, uh, if they play late at night. Uh, on nights where I'm not working, but you know, I had a n- good number of weekends uh, in the main CBS chair where we had Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, right. even Indiana, uh, so where it was a rougher year for them. So I- I've seen a lot of the, the Big Ten's big boys, uh, which is more than half the conference getting into the tournament, of course. Um, I- and I'll tell you this I don't know how it is for you. When I'm at work, I probably see less of the other games than when I'm at home and can actually put my feet up. And just hone in and crank up the volume. Um, so, you know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's my, funny you my, say that. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. I told people I know more about Pac-12 football because Jack <laughs> because because Jack Ham and I are doing a game during the course of the day, and I'll get home and I'll watch a Pac-12 game. Yeah, exactly. Or or I'll I'll do the SEC on CBS football game, and yeah. I'll have that one on blast in my ear. If there's a concurrent Big Ten game. It's on a TV in the room, but I'm not hearing it unless I dial it in and specifically listen. Then I go home and watch those primetime games at the 10 o'clock kickoffs, and, and I'm completely dialed in. So a lot of uh, a lot of the, the, the Monday night basketball games, if the team played on Monday night, I saw them. I watch every doubleheader on the Monday nights when I'm not working and our CBS Tuesday and Thursdays when I'm not working. Uh, but, you know, Wednesdays, Wednesdays I'll be so tied down 
really focusing on Mountain West, I may miss uh, a Penn State game, uh, so to speak. It's on a monitor, but it's hard to really dial in. You know, you watch football on mute, you can kind of look up and see what's happening, and if it's uh, about to be a touchdown or a big play in progress, basketball is like a lot of back and forth, and so you don't really get the drift as much. But the box score can tell you a whole lot of stuff, too. What's the art of sitting in that chair and then bringing out the best of the other people on the set? Uh, body weight squats in between segments, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, really, it's like just working with these guys so many for so many years. Wally Zerbiak, Steve Lapis, Pete Gillen, yeah. uh, John Rothstein, who I'm still trying to figure out, Gary Parrish. <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys have been with us a long time. Uh, Ryan Hollins played at UCLA. And just kind of catering to their area of expertise or just watching a game with them and listening to what they say. I mean, so much of it's just listening and uh, and and throwing actual questions at them. I think, you know, what you do, you know how to ask questions. A lot of people don't always really ask questions. They just kind of stop talking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh I remember I was on a show in the summer, I was on Sirius, and they asked me about what the goals were for the year, and I said the goal was to play a game. The second yeah. goal is to play a second game. Adam, mm-hmm. in your opinion, in, in watching all this play out, how remarkable is it that we're at this point and have a tournament? I think it's beyond remarkable, and I think that everyone, uh, every, everyone in some way right now is worn out and fatigued, whether it's yeah. through being sick, knowing people who were sick, knowing people who passed away, or just wanting normal so badly that, that they're going crazy. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. Um, I think it's an incredible amount of effort and dedication by the kids who are going to be on the court, their families, the coaching staff. And I think that we're going to see, even to a greater extreme, the, the emotional highs and lows that come with winning and losing in this tournament. Because every day, everyone involved has been doing the testing and the masks and the protocols and self-denial while knowing I mean, it's been like the ultimate FOMO experience whether you're a division one athlete yeah. or a suburban yeah. parent oh they're they're getting together they're going out for dinner we're not well what are they how come they're doing and then it becomes you know in, in the greater like are we doing the right thing are we doing the wrong thing so there's going to be buzzer beaters and there's going to be upsets and it's going to be at those moments where the losing team has all of that effort and all of that dedication and all of that that thought hit a wall and it's going to be over and I think that you know it's just going to be like I said just crazy crazily emotional and watching these one bid league teams cut down nets and go to the NCAA tournament you know whether it's Alabama who hasn't been used to doing it but but was the team to beat in the SEC or whether it's Hartford doing it for the first time ever (laughs) I mean, the looks on these kids' faces to cut down the net, because not everybody even has a goal right now in our country. You know, We're all just trying to stay healthy. We're all just trying yeah. to get out of it. You know, these guys are actually trying to achieve greatness and win something in the midst of all this, and it requires so much more than it normally does. I was kidding. John Gallagher, the coach at Hartford, he's a St. Joseph's graduate, and I said, well, on the Feast of St. Joseph, you get to play Baylor. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I was kidding. He's hilarious, by the way. Oh, isn't he? He's one of the funniest. Because Dick Girardi and I know him pretty well, and he sees something else. Finally, uh, for you, because I know I have to let you go, because you have a time frame here, and I want to respect that. 
what's you talk about the emotion of this what does it take on your part to then convey that emotion from a studio perspective so that emotion is conveyed to us at home once we've experienced it watching it live just kind of reminding everyone how 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 a lot of these guys feel right now and just even when we replay it just to not talk over it really uh let everybody digest it again who hasn't seen it not tell people how they should feel about it really um uh, and, you know, the sound bites, the interviews that will come as a result of, of, of what what these guys do. And just, I think, a reminder, like, it's, it's, it's not like I'm telling anyone at home that they don't know what's going on because we're all in this right now. We're all in this right now. Uh, but, you know, I think it's an extra toll for the Big Ten teams who had a, an extra week and a half in this Indianapolis bubble of, right. of being on this regiment of, Stay in your room. Here's your food. Play some video games. Go to class. Go to practice. You know, I, yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish every team could win one more before they have to lose one. Yeah, and go over to Victory Field, play a little badminton, things like that. <laughs> yeah, get outside. Gosh, if that's what they get outside. Again. Victory Field, Adam. Uh, tremendous respect for your work. Thank you so much for the time you gave today. Hopefully, it's not the last time we have you. Yeah, hit me up, man. And we'll keep things rolling with March Madness next half hour in the final half hour of today's show. Brad Nessler from CBS will be replaying here on the show as he had lots of different calls from March Madness this past March. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Steve is always in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.
Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of the show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you as we wrap up day one of our week of best of shows here on the Steve Jones Show. Continuing in our four o'clock hour here, March Madness theme. We had Adam Zucker's replay. Last half hour now, we go to Brad Nessler, who had lots of different calls for March Madness. He joined Steve earlier in March. Hey, Steve, you got me fired up for happy hour when you're talking about the peanuts, the pickles, the wine, the beer. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, man. It's almost uh, 5 o'clock. I am, too. I say, I say we start hoisting now. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I got home on Tuesday from Indy. So I'm done for the tournament. Um, so I don't even know why you want to talk to me other than we're buddies. But um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done for a while. So I've been doing honeydew stuff, you know, the last couple of days, and uh, it, it's been fun. So happy hour is literally an hour and 25 minutes away. You got that right. <laughs> in fact, if not sooner, uh, I do yeah. want to ask you about. A, uh, I want to ask you about a couple teams in there. You got a chance. Obviously, I had a chance to watch a lot of Luca Garza. You had a chance to see him as well. So, what did you think when, once you finally got a chance to see him in person? I think it was one of the highlights. Actually, um, you know, he had a really good game in the game we did, and then uh, he had an even better one the game before that. But um, for one thing, the, the, the last time I saw him play before the tournament, they played Illinois. And that big dude from Illinois is so massive that it made Luca look like he was kind of a you know small forward or something. And so when he got out on the court, I looked at Lavin and I go, "God dang it, he's as big as I thought he was." And he goes, "Yeah, why? Why didn't you?" And I said, "Well, because the last time I watched him play, he looked like he was a small guy in the court." But uh, he was great, and I got a chance. You know, we don't get a chance to talk to the guys in person this year and all that. Uh, but he walked out on the court, and we had a kind of an elevated spot where our booth was. And we had plexiglass all around it, and they were just coming out for warm up. And he looked up, and I waved at him, and I saluted, and he saluted back. And I thought, I mean, that's the way the kid was, you know, for the whole time that he was there, and that's the way he played. And, you know, when they lost, uh, you know, just the emotions of all of that just opened up on him. And I think when he got to the locker room, he said, "It didn't hit me till I got in the locker room." Well, it hit him before he even walked off the court and hugged the coach. Yeah. But uh, what a great player, and, and just. You know, that's what it's supposed to be all about is, is kids like him. So happy that he had a great career, happy that he's going to get his jersey retired. And, you know, uh, there's only going to be one champ when it's all over in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kofi Coburn, by the way, does have a tendency to make people look smaller when, he, when he's out he, there. He's just so massive. I mean, I saw a bunch of seven footers, but for some reason, he just looks longer to me, I guess. I don't know. Well, and mass too. As I said to Dick Girardi, that when we do the games, I said, he's the biggest anything I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. good. you can't move him. <laughs> uh, can't move him. Uh, no, you can't. Even even when he was banging with Luca, he, he would like back in, and, and there would be no movement at all. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm not moving it. An interesting team that you saw firsthand as well as Florida State. When you looked at Florida State. Obviously, they had a terrific year in the ACC. Pro and con, what did you see with them? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't. they didn't play that well in the game I had. I know they're right. capable of playing really well. Um, they kind of had too many breakups on the season. You know, they went a stretch where they were off 10 days. They came back and won four in a row. They were off 10 days. They came back, won five in a row. So they're really streaky. And then 
I couldn't tell because they played Colorado. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, we found out 40 minutes before the tip yeah. about the sh- about the shooting in Boulder, and you, you can't tell me that the kids in the locker room uh, from Colorado didn't know that. And you know that that grocery store is literally about a mile and a half or two miles from campus, and I'm sure right. a lot of them were on their phones checking with their friends, make sure they were okay. Um, they were they were never in it, and so uh, it was just kind of a. You know, Steve Lavin said, you know, it's a rock fight. And I said, well, that's an insult to rock fights because it was really that ugly a game. Yeah. Well, I can't tell because they didn't play very well. Colorado didn't play well at all. Um, but they are one of those teams, I'll say this, they, they're they a little bit like Oregon. All the guys are really long, and, and all of them just can run like crazy, and they play great defense. And for the most part, most of them can shoot, and they got a really good shooting performance out of their junior in that game, uh, career high by far, you know, and – so if they can shoot, they can play with anybody. And I didn't have Oregon because of the no contest with VCU, and that was going to be the third game of my day that day. And so from you know, I felt really bad for the kids from VCU. Um, and, and but I wished I could have seen Oregon in person because when I did watch them play then on TV, I kind of thought you know they've been off since like March 10th or something, and I thought maybe they'll be rusty, maybe they won't look that good, all that kind of stuff. They were. They were one of the most fun teams to watch. Now, they only had to play once to get where they are. I get it. Right. But, um, those two teams are, are two teams that have a bunch of guys that are about 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, and can just fly. Now, Florida State does have a big guy, seven-footer, but you know he opens, he starts the game, but he's not a factor, really. So those two kind of teams, they play full-court defense, and they run like crazy, and if you turn it over, they're going the other way faster than you can get back to cover and get to the basket. So that's, that's what I think of those two teams. Yeah, um, and then the the other part of the tragedy is you talk about Colorado, which you're absolutely right. They had to have been thinking about all of this because the news was breaking so fast. And it turned out you had Oscar Freyer's last game at Grand Canyon. Ironically, I had the second game of his career here. I mean, it's it's awful to hear a story like that. I had had the second game of his career, which was his first ever double-figure game. You ended up with his last game, which is just so tragic. It was. My wife and I just got done going for a walk, and when you said that, the hair on my arm just kind of came up because I was thinking about it myself, but I hadn't told her. And I said, hey, you know, one of the kids of the game I did, I said, you remember the Grand Canyon game? And she said, that's the one with the crazy fans in purple and white. And I said, yeah. You know, that's how she judges things. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. and I said, I said one of the kids that, um, you know, I had in that game that was a starter, and I probably called his name 25 times between assists, rebounds, points, whatever. I said he died in a car accident. And uh, she was, like, just shaking, you know. She's like, oh, yeah. man. You know, she she said, you know, you get to see these kids and, and whatever, and then two or three days later they're not around anymore. And he had just written, you know, a great Twitter or whatever to the fans that, you know, his heart will ever forever be purple, and, and thanks to Grand Canyon and, and everybody in the Arizona area for five great years. I mean, that kind of kid, you know, not that not that any kid that you lose isn't something, but, you know, he seemed like a pretty special guy and, and uh, played a really good game. And, and then to lose – lose his life and his, I think it was his sister and somebody else who was with him just off yes. so yeah I mean it was uh, I had to deal with the, the Colorado thing before we even tipped off which is hard to do and, and you know this kind of stuff it's not easy when you're play by play guy stupid play by play guy put it that way I'm talking about you not me no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, no when all you're planning on doing you know you've studied for a week uh, yep. these teams and all you're planning on doing is calling ball 
and all of a sudden you have to come on and tell folks, oh, you know, there's been know. a shooting in Colorado. I mean, yeah. I'm not a news guy. I'm, I'm not Dan Rather or something, you know, like when no. he used to have to break in during the Iraqi war and all that. So to start one game that way and then to end my week with, you know, Oscar Frere passing away kind of yeah. takes the fun out of the whole deal. That's for darn yeah. sure. Uh, on the fun part, though, how fun was it watch the Eastern Washington brothers play? I mean, that, that, that was that a blast. Was <laughs> you know, one guy looks like uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite, and the other guy yes. is a truck team. <laughs> I just made mention that he looked like a shorter Bill Walton, and within five minutes, the guys in the truck had a, a comparison of the two next to each other with the red hair, <laughs> the beard, and the headband, and everything. I yeah. mean, he doesn't look like he's going to be able to play, neither one of them. You know, they just don't give you that impression like, wow, these guys are real players. And they were awesome. I think they scored 58 or 59 between the two of them. And, yeah, that would have been probably my highlight, the Groves boys uh, just going off. Uh, even though they lost the game, they gave us some thrills anyway. Yeah, they sure did. Um, and they played Kansas in that game, and they gave Kansas a run for a long time. I don't know how much Zoom time you have with coaches. If you did – you know, you talked to Leonard Hamilton of Florida State, Bill Self of Kansas. What did the stops and starts of COVID mean to their organization, their season, how their players bounce back? Did they ever give you a read on that? Yeah, it just raised havoc on everybody we talked to. Uh, Dana Altman, uh, just about every coach we talked to, Ram McCaffrey. Um, yeah, we did We did that with everybody. And, you know, it was kind of like my opening question. I'm like, you know, we just talk small talk for a while and then go, okay, let's start. And then I go, all right, coach, like what I used to have to say to football coaches is who's hurt. And I, I said, you know, who, who has tested positive or do you have, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that became kind of the opening salvo with every coach we talked to. And, and then you went from there. And the, I mean, it was just unbelievable. All those teams, um, you know, just had to put pieces back together. And then if you lose a player to injury, to real injury, not to COVID, to a real injury, right. then you're starting all over again. It's almost like you're starting back in October and you go, okay, I've got to change the game plan. And, you know, Bill Self was behind the eight ball to start with because he didn't have, you know, McCormick did show up on, on Friday and played, but he didn't have two other guys, one that would have been a starter and would have one that would have seen significant minutes. So, he never had a full boat of players, and you know Bill's pretty cool when you talk to him. And he's like, "Yes, he, he is. said hey, he, he's, he's like, Ness, you know what? We weren't that good when we had everybody." <laughs> I love coaches. <laughs> really, good. he's like, you know, we had. I mean, you know, we did pretty good in our conference. Baylor was the cream of our conference, and we actually beat them. But he said we were losing games and losing confidence. They got up to third in the country. You know, they were eight and one. And then they lost six of their next ten, and they just almost tanked. And he said, I, I was scared I lost the team, and I, I don't ever worry about that. But he said, COVID kicked everybody's butt so bad that I didn't know if I could get the kids back. And then I think it was a home game against Texas Tech. He said, we, you know, batting down the hatches on defense, and our defense became offense, and we kind of got a swagger back. And then from that point on, you know, they won seven of eight before, um, you know, they had to bail out of the, the uh, conference tournament because of the positive test. But everything was a roller coaster i mean that's whoever comes out of this kind of like we said during football season you know some people would say well it's a different year nobody played the equal amount of games in football and so will it be a real national champion and and i was kind of the opposite i was like if you can get through this bs um you should be a champion And, and the same thing with basketball man you come through all this crap and you make the sweet 16 lead eight final four win the thing (laughs) <laughs> you're you're a really good yeah. team, and you have a really good coach because 
a lot of it is mental and a lot of it is, um, you know, not being able to practice and being able to keep your team afloat and, 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 you know, keep them invested and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Mark Pugh and some of these guys that, well, they got a perfect record. I don't know if they can keep a perfect record. They're really good. But they've done a hell of a job. All the coaches that got to the tourney, and I, Fran McCaffrey said it best. You know, we're talking about this team, that team. He's like, hey, man, if you're in the field, you're a good team. And if yeah. you're in the field, you can beat somebody because it's not a best-of-seven series. You just go out and you put two good halves together and you can upset somebody. And we're finding that out from Oral Roberts, Loyola Chicago, the, the whole Pac-12 for the most part. I mean, mm. talk about being underseeded. My gosh. Uh, yeah. So it's been interesting, but it's been disjointed, and it, it's been hard on uh, the coaches, the players, and everybody involved. Finally, what were the protocols for for you and the crew? Well, I didn't see them much. Um, you know, we were pretty much locked down in our rooms. We had to, you know, do the same kind of thing, get food delivered. Um, uh, we had to test every three days. Uh, we had to test before we left and test as soon as we got there. And then you're on a three-day interval. So I tested three times in the past week and a half or something like that. I got my first shot yesterday. I'm pretty excited, man. There you go. <laughs> I found, Good. I finally found an appointment. But, uh, yeah, it was strange. We didn't have our normal didn't have our normal meetings, uh, you know, in between games. Everything was on Zoom. And, you know, saw my producer like twice and gave him a fist bump in the parking lot. It, it's just uh, pretty strange. But, you know, like uh, when we had our seminar, Raf asked the bosses, he said, uh, he said, what about whining and dining? And somebody <laughs> said, somebody said, Raph's not worried so much about the dining. He's worried about the whining. So Indy's a, you know, Indy's a great place to go out and they have some great oh, places yeah. and you can walk, you can walk everywhere. And I'm yep. sure some of the fans partook in that, but I didn't see the inside of a bar or a restaurant the whole time mm-hmm. I was there. So uh, that's why happy hour is now coming up in an hour and 10 minutes. I was just about to close that way. You stole my clothes. I was going to say yes, and we're now an hour and ten away from closing time. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, so much. Always a pleasure. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have a good rest of the uh, tournament. I'll talk to you soon. Well, I certainly had fun reminiscing during March Madness having Adam Zucker and Brad Nessler replays here on the show today. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Of course, we replayed Tim Brando. That was great to hear that great interview again, talking about Coach K's retirement. And, of course, always good to hear from Kim Jones as well. That was from Penn State's Pro Day earlier this week. If you missed anything from today, we'll have it available on the podcast page at stevejonesshow.com as well. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, Boats, RVs for this time of the year, all available to protect what matters most with Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. And Steve, always in the Sunbury Motor Studio. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.